This is a true story. To find out what happens, what happens? when people stop being polite. Start getting. <laughs> to another episode of the real world and this week i wanted to do a little something because i've been inspired by dave Chappelle's uh series 846 and when i saw it i got the chance to see somebody really going about the way that the world is working how they see things how they hated the environment how the people that are personally involved in the scenario have felt the pain that he felt while experiencing it It takes me all the way back to the Kobe Bryant death and how I felt about that and how so many of these things have impacted him him as a person personally. Um, I wanted to keep this episode really short because I wanted you to kind of feel what I'm saying. There's a huge backlash right now because there are a few NBA players that decided, you know what, we think that the moment is too big for us to play basketball. We don't want to see any sports on. We don't want a distraction. This is a moment right now where, frankly, we could change so much. And if dribbling a basketball takes even a second away from that, then I failed as a black person. And as somebody that feels that right now, I 100% agree with that message. I look at just how some of these guys are acting and they're so much younger than I am. And they've been able to, frankly, do things and act in certain ways and love and have an understanding that I wish that I had at their age. I wasn't as smart as all of these guys. Like I was a smart guy, but I didn't have this innate thing to like reach out and to think about something grander than myself. And when I see this happen with so many of our young people, it's really inspiring. So, no, as much as I am a huge basketball fan, I don't want to see the NBA come back right now. I want us to see every single day protesting information, news about what's going on. And if we continue to push that narrative every single day, maybe there'll be actual change this time. For so, so long, the biggest thing that we've done is there's a moment when it's big and then it goes away. This is the first time, and I mean the first time, because there's nothing else to do. They're not shows that are trending. There's nothing coming on the horizons to save us. We can't go to the movie theater to escape it. We can literally focus right now on this one thing. And that's fixing the racial inequality specifically that we see within the black community. I'm tired of seeing different stories coming where I see how my people are treated. I see the microaggressions that either myself or others who look like me go through every single day. This is the first time that I can say in my life that I'm so happy that I'm wrong. I thought this would be just like everything else. I remember when Black Lives Matter started. Don't shoot. I remember when that was a thing and it started. And I was on board then, and I'm much more on board now. 
because unlike my cynical behind, these young kids have continued to push the narrative. MLK died before he was 40. Activism is a young person's game. So as we see all of the young people doing so much to push the agenda forward just for equality, the craziest thing that I read was that we just wanted people to be civil with this. That was the, the thing. Just be nice to me. You don't have to give me equal rights. I just want you to be civil. Now we're fighting for equality. We've had hundreds of years of slavery. That was followed by the Reconstruction and Jim Crow. Then we went to the mass incarceration red line. We are not going to give you equal access to stuff era that we're still going through now. So I don't want to do that anymore. I want my kids to potentially have a better life than I did and not be as cynical about the way that they see the world. I know how I saw it. I never thought that Obama would be elected president. I'm still shocked and surprised that that happened. And this is the moment when I actually think, and I'm so proud of white America and all of the people that are coming out around the entire world that are saying, we are tired of seeing people that we know treated like this. They're good people. We can do better. So let's do better. Let's focus on this moment. It's okay to post something every day to talk about racial injustice. It's okay to kind of champion behind a crusade. It's okay to have conversations that are tough with both your family, people that you don't know, friends, having it on social media. All of these things right now are necessary. And as we continue to push the envelope forward, maybe just this time they'll get it. And the people that don't get it, they'll have no choice but to get it. This is the first time where we're able to push past them. We know it's not about the flag. Kaepernick didn't kneel for that. The visual images that I'll always see of George Floyd's death, of somebody kneeling on his neck, is exactly why that man decided to take a knee on the field. That was his silent protest. Now he has an entire world that's behind him. The same message that he started with. So I want us to stay in that moment. If we can stay in that moment, we can do something great. Or they can stop one of us. They can't stop all of us. So every weekend, you're going to catch me going downtown, being at a rally, seeing something, chanting, making some noise, writing some letters. I want to be socially active and not just in name. Like that was fun. I'm over that now. At this point, it's about being about something bigger than myself. This also comes to bring me to the situation that happened to the gentleman in Atlanta. <sighs> I'm tired of seeing the visceral images of my kind of people not getting the benefit of the doubt. And I know I, I've seen all of the videos. I saw the body cam footage. I get it. You pulled up to his car. He was sleeping in it in the drive through. This is a scenario where putting somebody in jail doesn't do them any good. Hey, let's get you home. You can't drive. They allowed him to drive the car and put it in a parking space. We just want to see you get home. You didn't hurt anybody. This is the kind of compassion that we need from interactions that we have with police going forward. We've decided that we're going to allow people to say 
I am the judge, jury, and clearly executioner when it comes to anything. Because here's what I do know. Once he decided to blow the breathalyzer test and he was compliant with the police officers and the officer wanted to arrest him, how much money would it have cost them to get through the legal system? You got to hire a lawyer. You're now not able to drive for a year. When you are able to drive, your insurance rates go up. There's such a cascading effect that happens that we don't discuss when we just say, you know what? He's doing his job. Yes, the officer was doing his job. But is that what's best for the community? Gentleman has three kids. How do you get to work when you can't drive? And I get it. Everyone's going to say, well, he shouldn't have been drinking and driving. Sure. Name me one person that drinks alcohol that's never drove when he shouldn't have. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. But if he did not hurt somebody, we should just get that man home. That's the kind of compassion I want to see going forward. And finally... I'm really upset. If you want to know why I'm upset, I watched the season finale of Insecure. I don't know which season it is, four, five, whatever. And I'm really tired of the writers in the room playing with my man Lawrence's life. Lawrence wants to be a good guy. He wanted to get the job, have the career, and he was this close. He had a team. He got the job. He got back the love of his life. And you guys took that from him. And it hurt me. I ranted about it on social media last night. I hashtagged it a bunch of times on Twitter for nobody to hear because I got like 10 followers. So that's like talking to myself. I didn't answer, so I'm not crazy. But that goes to show you of just how upset that I was. So I took it to IG. Have a few more people get on the bandwagon. I got messages like, man, that hurt my heart. I don't know a man whose heart that didn't hurt. And while I'm not going to get into the specifics of the interworkings of the relationship and whether they should or they shouldn't, I just think that we should throw the entire writer's group away. Yes, the entire writer's group. The show is about Molly and Issa's friendship. I get that. But Lawrence is my man. I am team Lawrence. I want to see that man be great. I want to see that man prosper. And at this point, we can't do that because we keep setting him back. My man had the STD. My man slept on his boy's couch for a little bit. My man was looked at like a bum. My man did some bum stuff, so I can't always protect him. And we've seen him grow into a better person. He's the man that like Issa loved. And he's also the man that he wanted to be. So I'm assuming he'll be a great dad to his child. All of that will work out. And I'll end this episode telling you my prediction there's one season left of Insecure. Just one. Just watch. Mark my words. Thank you for joining me. This is the first time I'm recording and putting video to this. Uh, I'll probably release this a little early, but I had a little fun. But this is a sneak peek of just some stuff that I've been playing with. Um, I've been really sensitive to posting things since this entire unrest happened. Uh, just because of the sensitivity of stuff. I don't want to blow because of these events. And then I got friends that are telling me straight up, you have a voice and an opinion. You should let people hear it. So I'm doing that. I end every episode saying the same thing. Ball players all want to rap. Rappers on a ball. This is Darrell of the Real World. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>